Thank you, Jennifer. I'm going to ask everybody to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 10 and keep your Bibles open to Luke chapter 10 because we're going to be there for the entire time together today. Although it's not very long, we're going to, we're going to look at a story from Luke chapter 10. I also want to say a big thank you to Jared for last weekend. That was awesome. Uh, you hit a home run and uh, heard many good things about uh, Jared's preaching. Got to watch it online, and if you want to check it out, it's available online as well. And thank you for your thoughts and prayers. I'm feeling great. Thank you uh, for thinking of me, and it's good to be back together again. There's a question that uh, high schoolers hate. If you're 16, 17, 18 years old, you usually get this question from adults all the time. What are you going to do with your life? How do you know the answer to that question at like 16 years old, right? But that's the question. What what college are you going to go to? What are you going to major in? What are you going to do with your life? And I remember as a a young man in seminary, I was wrestling with some major life decisions. There were a number of opportunities before me, and I loved all of them and wanted to do all of them. And I was just uh, kind of paralyzed by the options that were ahead of me, and I'll never forget a a wise mentor said these words, and like I said, I've never forgot these words, and they'll be on the screen. It's this, that life is a series of decisions. She said, life is a series of decisions, and I thought, yeah, that's, that's true, because life is full of choices, right? Life's full of of many decisions, and, and every decision we make affects our lives, and so today I just want to look at two women in the Gospels and how a decision they made affected their life. And so we're going to begin in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. When they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. Two women, two decisions. Mary sat and listened, and Martha was busy and distracted. And so I'd like to look at each character quickly today. First, Mary. Mary just sat. Mary just sat. It's where she sat that's important. She sat at the feet of Jesus. Now, there's many Marys in the Gospels. There's Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and then there's this Mary, the Mary... Uh, who's the sister of Martha and sister of Lazarus. And, and so Mary, whenever she's mentioned in the gospel, she's always mentioned at Jesus' feet. In this story, she's sitting at his feet listening, probably because she has uh, wiped his feet or washed his feet as he's come to their house. And now she's pushed away the towel and the basin and she's just sitting there listening to Jesus. The next time we see her in the gospel is at the death of her brother Lazarus. And when Jesus comes, it says she falls at his feet in grief. And so she comes in her grief to the feet of Jesus. The final time we see her in the gospel, she is there 
in the last week of Jesus' life, and she is at his feet, anointing his feet with expensive perfume. So anytime you see Mary in the gospel, she's always at the feet of Jesus. This tells us a lot about her heart. Her posture, sitting at the feet of Jesus, tells us all that we need to know about Mary, about her attitude toward Jesus. See, the gospel that that Jesus gives us, the good news, isn't come and serve me, it's come and be with me. Jesus isn't looking for servants, he's looking for friends. Jesus wants relationship, he wants those that will sit at his feet. And Mary made a really good decision that day. Just to sit there, just to listen, and it was a decision that mattered, not just for that moment, but Jesus says it's a decision that matters for eternity. If you want the best year ever, find yourself at Jesus' feet. I have a friend who uh, works in Colorado, and uh, I went to visit him in his office. And outside of his office was the most stunning mountain range you've ever seen in your entire life. And I looked out his window and I said to him, how do you get any work done here? You know, it's like, if this was my office, I'd just be staring out the window like all the time. And he looks up and he says, oh yeah, I forgot they were there. See, familiarity will dull our senses. And I want us to be careful not to become so comfortable, so familiar in our relationship with Jesus that we forget how precious it is. That we get so busy and so distracted with everything else that we miss out on who He is. That when we're worshiping Him, we're in His presence. When the Word of the Lord comes, God is speaking to us and that we need to receive that. That our senses wouldn't be dulled. That we would focus in on the one thing that really matters because if you miss out on your relationship with God, you're going to miss out on everything. So Mary just sat and Martha got distracted. Martha got distracted. You know what's interesting about this story? You saw it a little bit in the English language, but you see it in the Greek that, that when Jesus first comes, Martha's at Jesus' feet too. See, it, said, it says that, that Mary also sat down. They were both there at Jesus' feet, but at some point, Martha got up and started working. And the Bible tells us that that Martha was distracted, busy, anxious, troubled. Those are just some of the words in English language that is there about Martha's life. And when I looked at those words, I thought, that describes our world today. Distracted, anxious, troubled, busy, busy. I mean, that's, that's our lives, right? I mean, that, that's right there. And what's interesting is, is that as she's feeling these things, as she's distracted from the presence of Jesus, as she's anxious about getting everything, troubled by all that's happening, she starts getting angry with her sister. But what's interesting is that she doesn't say anything to her sister. Her anger is actually directed at God. It's directed at Jesus. It says, Jesus, tell her to help me. See, sometimes in our life, anger begins to to rise up in us when we're distracted, when we're troubled, when we're anxious, and and all of a sudden we start start feeling that, and we start feeling that anger, and listen, it's it's not a sin to be angry because our emotions actually lead us to something, and so 
when we feel that anger rising up inside of us, and, and maybe it's an anger at a situation or a person, and ultimately we move it up to God, when that anger begins to rise up inside of us, realize that anger is kind of that gateway emotion that actually is telling us something else is going on. See, she was angry at Mary. She was angry at Jesus, but she was really troubled in her heart. She was distracted. She was anxious. There was more going on there. And so what we need to do, when you feel that in this moment, when you're distracted and anxious and, and busy and everything's happening and your life is troubled and you start getting angry and you start getting angry with God, it's okay. Go to Him. Go back to His feet. Go back and sit at His feet. Allow Him to minister to you. Allow it to draw you to Him. I know that you're probably looking at me and saying, you know, Daryl, I have such a busy life. This idea of sitting at Jesus' feet sounds really good, but if you could see my endless to-do list, if you could see my life, I don't know if I have time to sit at Jesus' feet. There's a missionary by the name of Gracia Burnham, and she wrote a book, In the Presence of My Enemies. Gracia and her husband and children were on the mission field, and one day when the children were away at school, Terrorists came and abducted uh, her and her husband, and they didn't get to take anything with them, no supplies, they didn't get to take their Bible, just the clothes off their back, they, and they were basically dragged through a jungle for an entire year. And they were trying to get a ransom, and, and they got the children safe from school and brought them back to the United States, and so for one year, they were drugged all around this jungle, and uh, they were treated harshly, and it ended up killing her husband. She was so badly uh, beat up and, and worn that she, when finally rescued, she was able to come back to the United States, but came back to the United States in a wheelchair. Some good friends of theirs went back to the land and, that they were living in, and they packed up all their things and, and brought it home. And when she finally had enough strength, she began to open the boxes and go through the things that came home from the mission field. The top of one of the boxes was the to-do list for the day they were abducted. So this mom, this wife, this missionary who had a lot of things to do that day, a lot of important things to do, began to look at that list and obviously none of it got done. And she said, you know what, in, in the big picture, none of it really mattered. It didn't matter that it didn't get done. Were they important in the moment? Yes, but in the picture of, of all of life, they're really not that important. There's one thing that's important. There was one thing that got her through that experience, that got her husband through that experience without giving up their faith, was to remember the word that they had hid in their heart, to put their hope in God. That was the one thing. And I think all of us, I don't care who you are, there is something inside of us that God put there that craves closeness with God. That, that we crave a, an intimate, close relationship with Jesus. There's just something inside of us that God put there. So don't substitute it. Don't substitute it with something else that might be good or, 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 or busyness or distractions. Don't, don't substitute it with anything else. Don't get distracted from what matters most? One last thing to write down will be on the screen. Instead of making something for God, let's make room for God. Instead of, you know, being that good person that takes care of everything and does everything, instead of making something for God, let's make room for God. 
Dennis Elrod was a missionary here at the church for many years and actually attended the church while he was in pilot training. And uh, he became a missionary pilot. Uh, he flew all over the world. He flew very dangerous missions. Uh, he, he flew missionaries and supplies into very remote places or even countries that were closed to the gospel. And so he made many trips. He had many stories of many dangerous journeys. He was an excellent pilot. And we supported him for many years. And, and then they made the decision to come home because they wanted him to train other pilots so that he could send a younger generation out to do what he had been doing for so long. And so he came home and began to train other pilots. So one year we invited him to speak at a men's event here uh, at the church. And I, I remember that event so well. And he did such an amazing job because he, he talked about training pilots. And he said the number one thing a flight instructor will tell uh, the, the person learning over and over again is this, fly the airplane. And I was like, well, duh, right? I mean, you're the flight instructor, you know, yeah. But he says that's what we tell them over and over and over again. Fly the airplane. He says we tell them fly the airplane because most crashes, if not all crashes, are not mechanical failures. They're actually pilot error. Even bad things that happen, bad weather that you can't control, or maybe something on the airplane doesn't work, but most of the time, it can be corrected, and a good pilot can make it through, but almost all crashes are pilot errors. Do you know that the, the biggest crash, plane crash in the United States happened when in the landing procedure, the, the light came on that the landing gear was stuck? And that's pretty scary, right? That it's not coming down. And so... The, the flight crew got so intently focused on the little light and trying to fix the little light that they didn't realize that the plane had left autopilot. And before they knew it, they crashed into the ground. They were focused on the little light, the, the little trouble that had come into their life. How often do we get focused on something in our life that's troubling, that makes us anxious, that distracts us. We get so focused on that that we forget to fly the airplane. We forget what matters most. We forget the one whose feet we are called to sit at. You want the best year ever? Find yourself at the feet of Jesus. I know that you're busy. I know that you have a lot on your plate. I understand that. But make room for him. Make time for him. Because no matter what happens in 2021, you need to be a person that sits at his feet. And I'll say as a pastor of this church in 2021, we will make time to sit at Jesus' feet. Every one of us, with no distractions, worshiping, listening, experiencing Jesus. And I'm going to ask us all, not just as a church, but as individuals, to make the decision, I want to sit at his feet. For the remainder of our time together, there'll be a verse on the screen. It's Psalm 16, 8, and it's this. I have set the Lord always before me. I shall not be moved. I want us to spend some time at Jesus' feet. The Lord's given us a few minutes here at the end. But I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different today. And I know not everyone will be able to do this. And, and in a moment, I'm going to stop talking. I'm not even going to pray. Uh, Jonathan's going to lead a song with music, but we're not going to sing. 
And we're just going to sit at the feet of Jesus for a while. We're just going to spend some time quietly with him. But I'm going to ask you to do something different. I'm going to ask you to change your posture in some way because that's what Mary did. And so if you can, and what we did last night, I asked everyone, can we, could we just sit on the floor? You're sitting right now in a very comfortable pew, but I'm going to ask, can you, can you sit on the floor? And maybe that's too difficult for you to do. I completely understand. Maybe you can kneel. You can spend some time kneeling. And, and uh, if you can't do that, if it's just too hard physically, I understand. But just move your posture in some way because we're going to tell God, God, for the next few minutes, we're just going to sit at your feet and just offer yourself to God. Just say, God, I'm here. I'm making room for you. May I know your presence more and more. And then just also listen to the, what the Lord is saying. It's just going to be a quiet moment. Uh, Jonathan will just be playing a, a, just a few chords for us as we spend some time with the Lord. I'm just going to sit down here on the altar. But if you can, just move to the floor. Just go ahead and sit on the floor, kneel something, somehow change that posture before the Lord. Uh, trust me, it'll, it'll change everything if you just take a moment to change that posture and give this moment to God.
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would just uh, be people that would fight our battles sitting at your feet, worshiping you, listening to you, close to you. May this be the posture of our heart. May we find more and more time like this, just with you, Jesus, close to you. It would cease our striving, the busyness, the distractions of life. We sense the anxiousness and the trouble, the anger. May we draw near to you. Lord, this is what we need more than anything in this new year. 
time with you. Close to you. Hearing you. Worshiping you. Lord, we just make a a new commitment as sons and daughters and as your church to be known as the people who sit at your feet and listen to you. Lord, we're sitting as a, a little child might sit. Maybe some of us haven't sat this way for for a very long time. But may our posture just be a sign of our heart. Childlike love, obedience, nearness, truly as your sons and your daughters. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for allowing us to come so close. Thank you for all that you give us during our times with you. And again, Lord, may we find ourselves in this posture often this year. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.